2: So, Khalif Raymond will get an opportunity here, and that's a good return. Out past the 25,
3: no longer a good return. He loses the football. It is Bears ball. Tyreek Stevenson was able to char that ball loose, and it looked like Demarcus Gates, who just got brought up from the practice squad, recovered it.
4: There's Gates. Watch Stevenson right there. Hat right on the football. Beautifully done.
5: Perfect timing. Now he's got an interception and a forced fumble. We're back. Live with more Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score.
6: Tyreek Stevenson having himself a game. Now I will say this because I just want to pat myself on the back. So, every week, um, Bears Unleashed, that's the TV show we do on Fox 32. Myself, Anthony Heron, Cassie Carlson, Fridays and Saturdays, 10 p.m. on Fox 32. We are asked to name a clean energy player to watch for every game. This weekend, you know who I picked? Tyreek Stevenson. Damn right, I did. Tyreek Stevenson. And the reason I said it was because, you know, Jared Goff, not known for, you know, throwing a bunch of interceptions outside of today's game. You know, gets rid of the ball quickly. And I thought Tyreek Stevenson, he's a physical cornerback. I thought he was going to be able to, you know, give Amon Ross Brown some fits. You know, Sammy Laporta was going to be maybe catch some screens. You know, they didn't throw a lot of screenplays, Detroit. And that's something that they're known for. They had a lot, ton of success uh, with that against the Chargers. And um, I really thought that they were going to be able to put something up like that. Didn't necessarily happen with Tyreek Stevenson getting the interception and the forced fumble on special teams. So somebody was arguing me on the text line of whether or not the Lions had a better special teams play than the Bears did because that was a question that was asked before, but I forgot to mention the fumble. Of course, the Bears had better special teams. Four for four on the field goals to zero from uh, Detroit, and then a, a fumble on the kickoff. Come on, let not be ridiculous.
3: Such a clean hit too. He went helmet into the body, yeah. right in the arm. Boom! They're, ball they're gonna out.
6: they're gonna take that clip and play it for people next year when they're doing the training on what does a proper hit look like. Uh, but it is Gabriel Ramirez. Broadcasting live from the Score Hyundai Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. And we are taking your phone calls, 312-644-6767. It's a Plumbers 911 Football Monday. Of course, we got a ton of guests all throughout the day, not just uh, you on my show uh, for the overnight, but I'll be leading you into 5 o'clock. Dustin Rhodes, he's going to be taking care of you at 5 o'clock. That leads you right into Muddy and Hall. And they got two great guests for you. One at seven named Olin Krutz. Ever heard of him? Great insight. Love listening to Olin. And then DJ Moore. Wow. 8 a.m. Make sure you're here for that. Bernstein and Holmes, follow them up. Anthony Heron at 11. Dan Weeder at 12. Mark Schlereth at one. And then Parkinson Spiegel take over. Kurt Warner jumping on at 240. Mark Grody at 4 p.m. And then Jalen Johnson, Mr. Two Drops. Uh, we'll be talking, and it'll be interesting to hear. I'm sure he's going to be very honest. Like, damn, I wish I caught that. I wish I caught one of those. I bet you he'll say he didn't think that it would ended up in a pick six, though. Probably thought like maybe somebody would have caught up with him from from behind. But again, only one way to find out. Make sure you're here at five o'clock to check that out. And if you're at work or anywhere, you can always download the Odyssey app. Take us with you anywhere you go. Just search six seventy to score, and we'll pop up right there for you. All right, let's go out to the phone lines. Three one two. 644 6767 that's the number you can either text in or call in let's go to Tom out in Dixon so Tom a lot of people you know calling for the firing of, of eflus and the entire staff but but I'm all about solutions not problems The problem is that the coach needs to go but what's what's the solution? Well um I used
7: to listen to Les Grobstein a lot and he, I'm a, I'm a cheesehead. I'm from Wisconsin. I'm, I'm live down here. But, uh, anyhow, he hardly ever gave me the time of day to say anything, but I, I just thought you earlier in the in the program, I, I started a newspaper out around two and you were s- suggesting that the uh, coach has to go. And I agree because he really lost that game. A good coach. you you're, that 12-point lead, that looked real good there with three-some minutes ago. You can't be losing a game like that. So I was thinking, well, who's some good coaches? Well, I doubt if Jim Harbaugh is going to last after this year with what happened now. So that would be my first choice for Michigan. And then uh, Ron Rivera, they said he, he's probably going to get the ax at Washington. So he's your former um, uh, Super Bowl player from uh the Bears, one of those two would be the coaches in my I watched that Minnesota game last night. That was a great game. And this Dobbs did a real good job and yet uh um um uh, what you call Russell uh, Wilson. The team the team they played, uh, Denver Brockles, Denver Russell Wilson. Yeah. at the end. They found a way to win that game. Yeah,
6: Tom, let me ask you this. I got a question, because you said you're a cheesehead, and I wanna I wanna get your perspective on this because you know, obviously one of the coaches that most people feel like needs to go is Luke Getze. And he was someone that was, you know, behind your lines at one point. Well, what did you think about the hiring of Luke Getze as the offensive coordinator for the Chicago bears?
7: I, I don't know that much about him being uh, the the quarterback coach or whatever he was at, at the, at the um, Packers. And I guess probably the reason they hired him was because he was that coach there. And, and, and wanted to find a uh, uh another position in uh another team because Rogers was on, was gone and everything and uh I don't know that he's that much of a coach. Yeah, I think that's what a lot of
6: people are trying to say right now, Tom. But I can also tell why Les didn't let you talk much because how are you gonna say you're a Packers fan and then I ask you about Lou Getzi, you're gonna tell me you don't really know much. Uh Les would be proud of me right there for <laughs> for ending that call a little shorter than I would have liked. Uh, but you know what, though? I'm an equal opportunity phone call, allower. You know, if you're a Packers fan, you can call in. It's okay. As long as you're talking about the Bears, that's what's important. And that's what we're doing right now. 312, 644, 6767. Talking about the Bears, a lot to talk about. You know, Bears defense continuing to play well, getting the interceptions, got the. Two sacks, Jack Sanborn, Montez Sweat getting one. Like the defense, it's hard to say that they did their game, did their job when, you know, again, the last two drives of the first half resulted in a touchdown. Last two drives of the second half resulted in a touchdown. It's like, it's like you got to play. You know, you got to stop them. Like, it's like, man. All right, let's go back out to the phones. Let's go to Mark out in South Bend. Mark, what's up, man? Welcome to the show.
7: Hey, Gabe, how you doing? Great show. And uh, it's, it, I don't know if it's my imagination or not, but, you know, you win the title possession 2-1. to one, You got plus three on the turnover. And it seems like uh, going in the last year, every time Justin Fields breaks off big runs and goes over 100 yards, the Bears come up on the short stitch. And it seems like when he put on that last dance after that big 30-yard run to take him over 100. It seems like when he did that, there was steam coming out of the Lions helmets from the players on the sideline. They were a different team that
2: last four minutes.
6: Yeah, but I don't think it was because he danced. I will be very clear. I think it's because they had a crappy game. I think it's because they had three turnovers. I think it's because they probably thought they were a better team than what they had shown for the first three quarters of the game. I don't think it was because Justin Fields danced, then all of a sudden they wanted to prove that they were the better team. I think that came far before that. I think they were just disappointed with the play that they had put forth up until that point. So, I mean, I, I can I, I can agree with the Justin Fields running and then, you know, that equating to some Bears losses just because maybe that's not the best position you want to put your team in, right? I think a lot of times if you're not – I think somebody – I forgot who said this. It might have been Olin where it was if you don't trust your quarterback to throw the ball on third and three in quarters one through three – and then you ask him to do it in quarter four, it's like, you know what I mean? You're asking him to do something completely different than what you've been game planning or game, or doing all game. Then it's, you know, a little less likely for him to do it and be one of one, right? To be successful in that one attempt. And so I think with the running, the correlation that you're looking for is that more running equates to, you know, a Bears team that's inefficient on offense. And and I think we're seeing that, and and it it is unfortunate, but... Again, I got no problem with the uh, with dancing by Justin Fields. I want to make that very clear. Nor should anyone. Like, the Bears didn't lose because Justin Fields danced at the end of a like, that just sounds stupid, right? Like, oh, my gosh, they did that, and now all of a sudden the Lions were like, aha, oh, how dare he? <laughs> it's like they didn't. Like, that wasn't why the Bears lost. Stop it. You point I can point to three other thing, uh, three other reasons why the Bears lost.
3: Because I said ball game in, in, in a group test.
6: Yeah, come on. It's like don't like I, I I get what you're saying. You know what I mean. I get what you're saying. Like you don't like it. That I, that I'm okay with. I can validate that you don't like it. That's fine. But to try to then make a connection, I have part I have a problem with. But the the thirty yard run. I mean, filling himself. I'd be feeling myself, too. Let's see. Justin Fields rushes to the left for 29-yard game. Then the Bears are on the Detroit 26. Khalil Herbert, two-yard game. Khalil Herbert didn't have the best game. Then Justin Fields' design run. And then Roshan Johnson on third and seven run. So, three, you want to talk about, like, talk about that. You're moving the ball down the field. Justin Fields gets the 29-yard run, and then you do three straight rushes for a total of five yards. Three rushes for five yards, and then you end up kicking a field goal on fourth and five. You know what I'm saying? Like, be, be more aggressive. That's what people are talking about. Bears were up at, the Bears kicked the field goal. They're up 26-14 at that point. I don't think the offense had smoke coming out, and they're like, we're going to go score in a minute and 16 seconds. Put that on somebody else. Don't put that on Justin Fields. Six plays, 75 yards in a minute and 16 seconds is when they put that touchdown up. And then after that, the second touchdown took two minutes and four seconds. 11 plays, 73 yards. Come on. That's First of all, that's that's losing football. It's unacceptable. And it's not because Justin Fields danced on the sideline after a thirty-yard game. Let's go back out to the phone lines. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. Is this Roger from Schaumburg? There we go. Roger, talk to me about Ryan Poles and your thoughts on him, man.
2: Hey, what's up, my man? Um, actually, it's Roger. Thank you. First time caller. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't know. I've been seeing around on social media and stuff. Um. Apparently, Ryan Poles has this grandmaster plan that he hired Eva Foose to be an idiot to um, tank the team. <laughs> I love this. To, uh, yeah. Um, I don't know. I've been seeing it. And I, I'm just wondering what's your thoughts on it. He hired him to be an idiot to tank the team to get better picks to, you know. I just I just was wondering what your thoughts on that is.
6: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rod, uh, say it again. rose Roger. Roger. Thank you and and and, and Roger, That's cool man. I'd be like Rosé, Rosé. Ooh, that I might I might have a swaggy life if my name was Rosé. Um, that's
2: but interesting
6: yeah, for sure. <laughs> but I say this, you know, Ryan Poles, but keep him right there though. No, but keep him right there. Ryan Poles uh, I, I not even let's not even talk about Ryan Poles. Let's talk about who takes over a team that you know is going to suck. You don't bring in Bill Belichick to take over a team that is going to be blown up. You don't bring in Andy Reid. You don't bring in, like, those, those guys don't even want the job, right? So you slim pickings when you're trying to figure out who you want to take over the team, right? When the Cubs blew up the 2016 championship team, they didn't go get another Joe Madden, right? You bring in David Ross, someone with no experience, might make you feel good. Can hold it down until they get a little bit better, and I think that's what they wanted to do with 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 Coach Eberflus. I think they under, they understood where they're going to be at now. If it worked, that's a bonus, right? If you if you if you allow Flus to grow with the team and you and draft picks and everything, and it actually worked, right? Like he he seemed like he would be competent enough. Then that's a that's a win. But more often than not, when you put someone in place to take over a team that is going through a rebuild, more often than not, that coach will not be around for phase two. He is a phase one coach. Now, I don't think Ryan Pohl said, you're an idiot and I'm hiring you because you give me the best chance to lose. I don't think he thought that. I think of the three choices that were placed in front of him, Jim Caldwell, Dan Quinn, and Coach Ibraflusz, I think he wanted, sometimes you want like that young, energetic youthfulness where it's like you're so naive you don't even know anything, right? And and Campbell and Quinn had already done it. And so Poles being a first-time guy, I'm sure he wanted someone to take that journey with him, right? If you're trying to really think about the mindset of Ryan Poles and what he was thinking when he was hiring the coach, he's like, ah, hey, you know what, I'm a first-time GM. The last thing I want is – is a, is a vet in here undermining me, trying to tell me what I need to be doing? If I bring in a, a nice, fresh coach, too, we could just be fresh together. And hopefully we both perform well enough to keep our jobs. So that's what I think, Roger. I think that that that, that it was the, the move that could have potentially paid off and, and, and been the long-term play. But if it wasn't, which it seems like it's not, and Ryan Poles puts himself in a position to move on from him while he has the Bears in Phase Two.
2: So. Yeah, I mean, I have, I have four boys at home. I took them to the practice. I mean, we got Justin Fields autograph. My son got to fist bump Justin Fields. Nice. I mean, I'll be I'll be a diehard Bears fan my whole life. I mean, that's going to be me, hundred percent. But it's just hard to see, you know, him fist bumping Justin Fields, him and DJ Moore sat at the same table. I got the autograph on a ball. <laughs> you know, my six year old. My six-year-old got it. You know, he was yeah. super excited. He, he doesn't even know who Justin Fields is. You know, He's just I was like, bro, you just fist bump Justin Fields. Like, that's awesome. <laughs> <off." laughs>
6: yeah, yeah, yeah. You should oh, remember that yeah. forever. You
2: know, I'm, I'm giddy in the background because they don't let you, like, go up to the table. They just let the kids do it. Yeah. But it was a super awesome experience. And, you know, I'm I'm hoping for the best. You know, I mean, this ball could be worth something one day in my eyes, you know. But, you know, just it's, it's tough, you know, as a Bears fan, you know, thirty years, whatever. It's just it's just tough for me. You know? Yeah, of
6: course. I mean we, we wanna be we wanna be cheering for a winner. And it's it's uh you know, you get a guy like Justin Fields, especially it's like you gotta it's like you you it's like you had a really had an opportunity to date someone really hot and you passed up the opportunity for someone you you were comfortable with and then you break up with that person and you then you think you're getting someone equally as hot as the first person. But you realize that it, that that they're not them, and if you don't, if you weren't following along, I'm talking about Patrick Mahomes. He was the person that you passed up initially because you're like, "Nah, I just go with this comfortable Mitch Trubisky." This is what I think is comfortable. And then you get you break up with that person, and then you're like, "Damn, I should have got me that Patrick Mahomes." And then you go try to find the next Patrick Mahomes, and you realize that it's just not Patrick Mahomes. But in your brain, to Roger's point, Rojay's point is that. You want it to be that. You want Justin Fields to be that dude. And I think we all do. I do too. But what's your take on the game itself, on Justin Fields and the future of the Chicago Bears? 312-644-6767. I got a couple phone lines open. If you're on hold, just give me a second. I'll talk to you right after this. It's Gabe
0: Ramirez on a Plumbers 911 Football Monday here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance.
1: On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I mean,
4: we just played a heck of a team. Number one in artificial, Um, like I said, probably top three, top five in the league right now. So, um, and if I'm keeping the real, we we should have won that game. It just comes down to finishing and um, you know executing at the end of the game. So um, you know that's that's how you do it. Uh, Jared Goff he does it, he does a great job not turning the ball over in the way our defense was uh, was able to you know create takeaways was big for us. And you know as an offense, we got of course you know turn those into touchdowns rather than field goals or no points at all. But um. I mean, yeah, that's kind of how you keep the morale up. You know, we know who we are. Um, we know what kind of team we are. And, you know, we just got to be better. We just got to finish. And like I said, when those big moments happen, when
5: we need those big plays, we got to execute. We're back, live with more Gabe Ramirez
6: on 670 The Score. Justin Fields right there. Sounded, sounded positive there. I like the way he sounded there. The post game was interesting. Had some ups and downs. But I... What I really wanted him to say, and I and I want to be very clear, I have zero problem with everything he said. But I would have loved to, for him to add, right? Because the, the the what it would have sounded like if he would have just been like, guys, we're close. Right? Look at, look at, look at Tyler Farringa popped his head out from the back producing today. Imagine if he would have just said that. That would have been the press conference. All right, before I take questions, I just want to say, you know, play the hell of a game. A defense just spectacular against one of the top teams in the NFL. And I'm telling you right now, we're close. This this game this game ends in a, in a victory next season. Like that. You know, take ownership of the team. Get me hyped up. Let me know that you believe. QB1 stuff. QB1 Le- stuff. Leadership. Leadership. Not like, you know, I get it. He did he did touch on that, right? Like, hey, defense mate did their job. Jared Goff doesn't turn the ball over. We got some interceptions. Got to turn those into tutties. But that's just pointing out the obvious, right? I want you to tell me what your thoughts are on this team.
3: You know, it was a little aspect that I like from Fields on this game. I don't know if you caught this too, Gabe. There was a time, I think it was early in the uh, second half or, or, or late in the first half, Dan Feeney was messing up a lot of snaps. Yeah. And Justin Fields kind of yelled at him a little bit, and I'm like, I, I, you don't really see that kind of emotion out of Fields, but right. I like that he stepped up in that moment well, and kind of took ownership. Of the, it was the
6: second one, right? Where well, the first one, first miscommunication, he he came up to Dan with like a question. It was like, I thought it was on two. If you read his lips, like, yes, the delay it of was game on penalty. Two. Yeah, and then the next time it happened is when Justin Fields got in his ass and was like, Yo, or first of all, Hey, Yo, but he, he was like, Hey we need to get on the same page. This right, needs what's to what's going on, man. Like, this, right. This cannot be happening, especially at this point in the game. Um, uh, but like he said, execution is what it comes down to. Uh, but I wish he would have said it closer just so that that way he could have still talked as if he was going to be the leader, not only for the present, but for the future of the Chicago bears. Uh, it's Gabriel Ramirez here on six seventy. to the score a plumbers, nine one, one football Monday, getting to your phone calls in just a second. But I want to remind you five o'clock, Dustin Rhodes taking over the pregame show. Uh, and then that leads you right into Mullion Hall. 7 o'clock. Olin Crute's jumping on with the guys. And then DJ Moore is going to be hanging out at 8 o'clock. I don't want to hear from him. Bernstein and Holmes keep the party going. They got Anthony Heron at 11. Dan Weeder at 12. Then Mark Schlereth at 1. Parkinson Spiegel wrap up the day. Kurt Warner jumps on at 240. Mark Grody on at 4. And then Jalen Johnson. Honestly, to me, that's the one with the asterisk on it. Like, I need 10, 15 minutes of Jalen Johnson talking to me about the game. I'm going to make sure to
3: go out of my way and go do something to drive so I can listen to Jalen Johnson. Or just
6: download the app. Like, stay in your house, Tyler.
3: Like I've been having issues with my Odyssey app, so, okay, dude, I, which, which
6: is unfortunate. Do Time out. You can't say that, bro. <laughs> Odyssey app is always working perfectly at all times.
3: No, I know, but like <laughs> something with my login, it's
6: stupid. No, you got an old phone. You got you to gotta, you gotta delete the app and re-download it, you know? It's like the first thing I should that, try to do that. Yeah, engineers will tell you. Delete the app, re-download it, and then get yourself a, a nice little login. Uh, you guys should do the same. Uh, but if you're on hold, then that means you're listening to it live, and that's what we're doing. Taking some phone calls, talking Bears. What did you think about the game? Bears lose to the Lions 31-26 in a heartbreaker. They had a 98.8% chance to win, according to me- the metrics, with 2 minutes and 59 seconds left to go. Don't let people tell you they were up 12 or 4 minutes left to go, because with 2.59, the Bears had a 98.8% chance to win. Y todavía. That means and still. And still, they ended up losing. I got one more question for you, Gabe. Sorry,
3: uh, what was the more heartbreaking loss for you, the Broncos or the Lions?
6: The Lions. The Lions, because this was more about the future of the Bears. The the, the, the the game against the Broncos, damn, they needed to win a game. You know what I'm saying? But So they were trying, and they were trying their little hearts out. And Denver, you know, you knew they were underachieving. But the Lions, you know who they are. One of the top teams in the league. You're healthy. DJ uh, uh, Justin Fields is back. Like, everything was ready. And they were primed for an upset. And the Bears were there. I was feeling so good. I was, that, that's the thing. If you're trying to look at the peak of my happiness, in Denver I was like, okay, cool. But this game I was like, hell yeah. And then they lost. So this one hurt a little bit more. All right, but let's go out to the phone lines. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. Let's go out to Bob. Bob, so you said you've been wrong about Fields, but what were you wrong about? I
8: was wrong about Fields because up until today, or now yesterday, I didn't think he was the guy for the future, but I do think he is the guy for the future, but what I really called about was, I don't want to listen to Jalen Johnson for 15 minutes this afternoon. I don't want to listen to Jalen Johnson anymore. I think Jalen Johnson, instead of spending 15 minutes talking with Parkinson Spiegel this afternoon, should be sat in a room and put on a 15-minute endless loop and watch himself commit pass interference, watch himself get beat for the long touchdown, and watch himself miss a gift-wrap pick six at the end of the first half that would have locked up this game, and then tell me again how he's underpaid and how he's an all-pro. That's what I think. But, you know, I realize he's a vital part of the Monday afternoon Parkinson's Spiegel show, so they're not going to do that. But I really, you know, Let's be well, I think I think
6: that. Bob I think the reason why it's going to be compelling radio right I think is because for the reasons you just stated you know you yeah, want him you, hold, on, hold on be, hey, you want him to watch the the replays of him dropping the ball or him doing things but wouldn't you rather instead of him sitting in a room by himself watching it wouldn't you rather hear his explanation as to what happened because to me that's compelling to me that's, what, that's I'd, ex-
8: what I'd really like to hear is Danny and Matt call him out on it but I don't think I will hear that. But, be, you, but you, you still
6: wanna you'd still wanna hear what his thought process was. Why he, like you want I'd wanna hear from him. It's the same reason you like press conferences at the end of a, a game. You want to hear what the reasoning is. He can't hide behind a room or a thing. He actually has to come on the radio and answer these questions and they're gonna ask him like, Hey, what happened? How what well you know, what do you think? What the, they're gonna ask him those questions. So yeah, I mean, uh it's just gonna I'll be, be
8: listening. Yeah. I'll be
6: listening. <laughs> I like it, Bob. Thanks, Bob. I appreciate right. it. I love that you're still gonna be listening anyway. But I hear what you I hear the point that you're making though, Bob. You're like, this guy's out here, you know, wanting to be paid and 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 he has the opportunity to prove that he's the best, one of the best cornerbacks in the league. And 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 that he's, you know, just solidifying a Pro Bowl season if he would have gotten one of those two interceptions. And it's unfortunate that he didn't, right? Because then it makes it makes it for a more difficult debate. Because two weeks ago when he had his interceptions, nobody was complaining about giving him money. Everyone was on board with Jalen Johnson getting that extension and him being one of the best corners in the league. And then because he dropped a pick six, again, we can't put the blame for the game on that pick six. Can't put the blame for the game on the pass interference penalty, right? We can say that they contributed, but Jalen Johnson is certainly – I mean, just so good. And I and I do want to hear from him. I, I don't care if, I, if I'm mad that he dropped the passes or not. I don't care if I'm mad that he had that terrible pass interference call where he's grabbing dude's arm. I don't care. I still want to hear from him. Better hear from him than like, no shit. I love Mark Grody. Everybody knows this. That's literally one of my favorite people to work with. But I don't want a clip of Mark Grody and then Mark Grody explaining about Jalen Johnson. If if the alternative is hearing from Jalen Johnson in a non-locker room setting. That's the best part about 670 to score. And bringing on guys like DJ Moore, Olin Cruz, you know, Jalen Johnson, Jaquan Brisker we have on the show. Like, you get to talk to these guys and ask them real questions as a real human being. And I think that's the luxury that we have here. And as fans, to be able to hear it firsthand here on the score. And that's what you'll get. Jalen Johnson, 5 p.m. Parkins and Spiegel uh, will be on with the fellas and I'm sure they will challenge him. They don't shy away from that at all. And a lot of people were challenging Coach Eberflus uh, in his post game. Had a, some good questions. And I, I want you guys to take a listen. Let me know what your takeaways are from there. Here's Coach Eberflus talking to the media following the game.
9: All right. So just got out of the locker room with the players. Um, obviously very disappointed um, in the loss. Um, and really disappointed because of the way we played in the beginning. You know, I, I thought the guys did a really nice job of coming out. Um, offense scores, scores a touchdown on the first possession, uh, which was, that was our plan. Um, defense does a really good job of taking the ball away uh, in the first half. Um, did a really nice job of that. Uh, the one thing that we could have done better in the first half was capitalizing on those takeaways, you know, and then getting points, uh, which we did in the second half. You know, we got an interception and the fumble. and We capitalized on points. We got 10 points off of turnovers in the second half. But uh, the main thing is, is that, you know, obviously the disappointment was the finish. You know, we didn't finish it as a football team, didn't finish it as coaches, as players uh, the right way. And there's a lot of plays to be had out there um, and good calls that we could have made in those situations um, to get us that victory. And uh, again, there's I, I, you know, accentuated the positives uh, with those guys because there was a lot of good football. Justin Fields came back, you know, from injury, thought he played really well, ran the ball nice. Um, I thought when he did scramble, um, he avoided sacks. Um, you know most of the time and I know we had two, and he did a really good job of, of Looking downfield and hitting some side pockets hitting some things down the field. And I think that's growth um, there with him uh, but uh, Again, we decided to in the in the in the second half we decided to with the uh, inches there fourth and inches We decided to go, go ahead and kick that and go up 12 points with uh, a little over four minutes to go and uh, We just needed to execute better from that point um, With that open up to questions Yeah, um, you know, really the philosophy is you're 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 playing your your two minute defense, which is your mix and your coverages, which we did. You know, we're throwing in pressures there as well. Um, you know, the big thing that you got to do in that moment is uh, you know tackle them when you get them in bounds. You know, so you're forcing them to use their timeouts, and you're you're doing a good job with that. And then uh, they have less timeouts, less time as they go. And again, they just went down the field too fast. I mean, it was like what six plays a minute, you know. 16 or something like that but it was just uh just too fast so we just got to do a better job the pass itself, yeah the touchdown pass they read a high angle seven got behind the one of the dbs there you know so we just got to do a better job staying back we always got to play high to low on that situation when you give it that give us that route
1: yeah what did you like about the running yeah, the
9: first the first play was was a handoff to go inside, right? Because we've been really running that play um, We know uh, obviously we, the cut back on the corner is where we wanted it I thought they blocked it really well on that one um, You know and the second one was a disconnect play a potential disconnect and they played way outside on that one And uh, so we handed it off um, You know, and then the third play was that was a crosser over to uh, to DJ, you know, it was a crossing route and uh, You know the free if the free safety comes down which he did to take away the crosser then we we're gonna throw it over the top and I thought he did, had a nice read there, and I thought he just missed it by a step. And uh, thought it was a good ball. and just got a to run into the catch. Did you interject or add anything
1: during the play
9: calling on that sequence, or is that just Luke's show at that point? No, I mean, you know, obviously we're we're talking to him about what we're going to do in terms of we, we need the first down, you know, and I think that's uh, that's an important part of it. And again, like I said, the first play play call was fine. And again, if they they end up closing down, we're going to disconnect. And I, the pass play at the end was was a good call. Um, so. It's uh just gotta execute. The one in the middle there, coming out of
7: Detroit's time now. That,
9: have been something that, have that second one timeout? Um, you know, you know, of course, you know, you can always guess the second part of it. You know, obviously we've been doing a really good job. I think he had over a hundred and some yards, right? Justin did. You know, not all of them all in scrambles and a lot of them on yeah, hundred and four yards. You know, he he did a good job you're running that play, you know, prior to that, you know, and, and uh, he did a good job there. He read it correctly. So um, that's where it is.
7: Yep. Thought
9: too on there. Sure. Yep. You're always giving thought there, but going up by 12 at four minutes to go was was our thought process there, and we like that. When you the fumble, fumble, the fumble end, out the back the end zone, mm-hmm. you guys are, are desperate and just trying to get down. Is that to you a continuation of some of the issues that Justin has had
4: in terms of pocket awareness and ball security?
9: No. No. That that, that right there, that last play. You know, you're going to hang on it to try to make a play. You know, and I don't think that is.
7: Okay.
9: You talking about in the third quarter? The one that put you up to twenty three fourteen, that was the fourth and inches. It was fourth and five when you got down to twelve. Yeah. Okay. So so you if, if you could to go up twelve was the like twenty four. Was the four was the four minutes, right? Four minutes to go. Right.
1: That was the fourth and five. That wasn't the fourth and
9: minute. No, it was third and in inches, right? We went for it, third and in inches, right? Didn't get it, then we kicked. Right, that was go nine. Okay. the goal column. Okay. You were saying that you made a decision to go up twelve, it's actually going nine to so serious about so, Yeah. B- both decisions were, were good. We're good on that. You know, go up nine, that's that's a that's a full two scores, you know, and then to go up twelve that again that's that's exactly what we wanted to do. How yeah. yeah, I mean, like I said, it's about finishing. It's about finishing. That's what I'm saying. The the positives are there, you know, to be able to run the ball and take the ball away and that's something we've been hunting, you know, with uh, to taking the ball away and Give ourselves good field position. Now we can learn from that because you know we didn't get any points off of it in the first half, you know. So that the, you know the score could have been a little bit more, you know, started out, you know, in the half. So when you get the ball at the, at the field, the, the plus field on offense, man, you got to punch it in. You know, we'll, we'll take a field goal, but we got to get some touchdowns there, which we did in the second half. Going back to Justin
4: Fields for a second, you guys were able right? so to the first to be able to scramble the They had
9: quarterbacks
2: on This schematic would up to the game that, that would be a, a weakness
9: in their Yeah, I mean, they've been pretty, really good defense, um, you know, and, and they've been doing it all year. So uh, it's a strong group. It's a strong unit. And, you know, they played good enough to win today. And, uh, you know, we really didn't see any weaknesses there. We just thought that, uh, you know, when they do play coverage or match coverage and play van, um, where they're not, uh, you know, having a spy in there for him, you know, that's when we had our opportunities to take off and run. And I thought he did a nice job of that. Um, but... Uh, you know, overall, I thought Justin uh, had a good day today.
1: When you talk about having the guys down in the open field, I think it was the on the check down, which Tremaine had him slipped
2: the
9: left Yeah, there was a couple instances there. You know, that, those are those are huge plays, you know, because it forces timeouts. And it also forces, you know, obviously, you waste time and all that stuff. But uh, those so, are big plays. When
1: you put this on your defense, performance, play, going, I'm mm-hmm. comfortable with Again, What's the thought process now, how do you build them back up? Yeah,
9: yeah, you know, they've been playing really good defense, you know, last six weeks, and they played really good defense today at times, Um, you know, so we'll just accentuate the positives and, and look at the plays that we need to get better on, you know, and, and, uh, you know, what could have been called better, you know, it's both, it's me and them, you know, it's not just them, you know, so I got to, we got to look at it and see what we could have done better. Yeah, same thing. Same thing. I mean, that's that's where the game was, right? You know, we had a couple of opportunities to get some picks, you know, so we got to make sure we catch those. You know, that's a big thing, and again, we were working on that, you know, so really trying to take the drill, you know, from the game. You know, what was the situation, you know, like last week with Sanborn, you know, he dropped back, you know, in that last part of it, or, you know, maybe Tyreek, you know, in that slant pass last week, you know, now he caught one, you know, so you know, and Tyreek made some really good plays today. You know, he tackled well, and obviously that pick was really, really good, and uh, but, yeah, you try to do that as a coach. You take it from the game and just start drilling it, you know, because that's what, that's what happens, and you got to make those plays. Right. When, you you at, when you look at Justin's overall game, the production, the 169 yards passing, 104 rushing, is that enough
1: for you guys to be a successful offense, or do you need more production in the passing game than 169 yards?
9: Yeah, right? I mean, you know, when you always want – you always want major production, right? You know, like, you know he's had you know a couple of games this year, and and again, when the numbers are the numbers, you know, obviously we ran the ball really well uh, today, and we were controlling the ball, the game that way um, much of the second half, and uh, we just got to continue to do that. But uh, we'll look at the tape and you know see where he needs to improve and see where everybody needs to improve. And
7: you said well, you're um, trying to keep your focus on the positives. That's a really objective locker room. How do you keep this team committed and fighting the way you want?
9: Well, I mean they're they're tough. They're in they're in that room for a reason, you know, because they got grit. They're tough. You know they're tough guys, right? You know, so tough physically and tough mentally. You know, and uh, they have that mindset. And uh, you know, they've had a lot of adversity. You know, we've had a lot of adversity as the Chicago Bears, and it's only going to make us tougher. And uh, to me, there's a lot of things you can build off of this 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 game right here, and really the last six weeks you can build off of. And uh, you know, we're we're going to look at it, we're going to get better from it, and then we're going to we're going to move on. The 24-hour rule. We're going to move on to the next week.
2: Thank
6: you, Coach Eberflus talking to the media following the game, seemed as though he was in high spirits, right? I mean, obviously giving praise where it's due to the defense, uh, pointing out the growth in Justin Fields and the inability to produce in certain situations. Seems like he was pretty straightforward in that one. Certainly not happy about it. Uh, But the 24-hour rule, uh, maybe that's only in your locker room because I don't think that's going to exist outside of that. Uh, we're gonna ahead take a break uh, but the phone lines are open three one two 644 67 67 some really good text messages are coming in right now uh, but what did you think about the Bears game where are you laying the majority of the blame when it comes to this one one text message says why are we judging Justin Fields just off one the one fourth quarter of play as opposed to the first three hmm. uh, we can get into that if you'd like as well uh, again phone lines are open three one two. 644-6767 Your calls on this Bears game following the break. It's Gabe Ramirez here on We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month.
0: New iPhone 15s? It's better over
1: here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for
6: 25 bucks per line per month.
1: with Eligible trade-in when you switch.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame
3: Tourist, tour.
1: you deserve this ice cold reward. the Remarkable fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port Chicago, Illinois.
0: A lot can happen between falling in love with a house and owning it. Having an advocate who can help you navigate negotiations, timelines, inspections and more can make all the difference. That's what the expertise of a realtor can do for you. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors.
5: Score. We're back live with more Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score.
6: It's a Plumbers 911 Football Monday right here on 670 The Score. Gabe Ramirez broadcasting live from the Score Hyundai Studios. And we got quite the day planned for you. Of course, five o'clock, just about over an hour from right now. Dustin Rhodes takes over with the pregame show. And then and Hall pick it up from there with two really big heavy hitter guests. Olin Krutz will be jumping on the score at 7 o'clock, then DJ Moore at 8. Bernstein and Holmes follow that with three pretty awesome guests of their own. Anthony Heron at 11, Dan Wiederer at 12, then Mark Schlereth at 1 p.m. And then finally, Parkins and Spiegel, 240, Kurt Warner, gonna wanna hear from him and what he thinks about the performance of Justin Fields. Mark Grody going to be jumping on at four. And then Jalen Johnson. Man. Somebody called in and said, the guy that called in and said he didn't want to hear Jalen Johnson at five. But then at the end of the conversation said, I'll be listening. <laughs> I thought that was great. You're going to want to hear Jalen Johnson, whether you want to or not. I mean, it's going to be great stuff. Uh, so make sure you're here for that. All day today on The Score, we got you covered. No need to go anywhere else. Uh, but we are taking your phone calls. Three, one, two. 644, 67, 67. Got some interesting text messages coming in right now. People are going hard, man. A lot of text messages today, more so than any other week uh, that, that I've been doing this over overnight stuff. Uh, from the 219 says For me, most of the blame will go to offensive coordinator Luke Getze. I tweeted it out. I never call for people's jobs because that's just super harsh. But I was like, yeah, you know, Luke is going to get paid for the rest of the season no matter what. Like, I just wouldn't mind watching someone else call plays for this offense. Just to see what it would look like, you know? What would it look like? I pointed out the Buffalo Bills had zero problem firing their offensive coordinator last week. And they put up over 30 points today, right? Against the Jets, a really good defense. I was going to say a good defense. So, I mean, I I just... I just wouldn't hate what it would look like, but then people would say, oh, well, are you stunning the growth of Justin Fields because we need proper evaluation, and you know, you need a guy that understands the offense to the best. No, no, I don't. I don't need any of that. I just need a guy that wants wants what's best for Justin Fields in the Chicago Bears team. But the phone lines are open. So take your thoughts. Can't wait to talk to you. Uh, Gabriel. Ramirez here on 670. The score, phone lines 312 644 Let's go to Kurt. Kurt, so what were your thoughts about this game, man? Obviously, it was an emotional roller coaster.
5: Yeah, it really was. Uh, I woke up today. I'm thinking we're gonna pull it out. Now, where where are the Bears going? We we've, we've spent a lot of money on this defense. We're in a rebuild. Um, are we gonna keep Justin Fields? What do you think about What do you think about that?
6: Yeah, I'm gonna ask you a question, and I wanna I have a follow up for you, but do me a favor, turn on your radio just so I can hear you properly. All right. Um, but when it comes, like where are the Bears going? I think they made a good investment to to their defense. You're right, right? Trading for Montez Sweat, the two draft picks on their D tackles. You know, signing their their linebackers, drafting another uh, component for the secondary. And I think you know Ryan Poles made it very clear when he first got here. If my defense is better then my offense is better, right? If I can, if I can add pieces on the defensive side of the ball as he did with Kyler Gordon and Jaquan Brisker his very first year, you know, then then Justin Fields is going to have an easier time. And you saw it today. It resulted in, you know, a ton of turnovers. Unfortunately, couldn't put the the ball in the end zone in the first half. Saw Coach Eberflus talk about that. But where they're going is I think they're headed in the right direction. Kurt, do you think they're headed in the right direction? You know, I – me personally
5: I think they do. I think it's, it's not just gonna happen in one season. Um I think everybody was ended up for it to turn over this season, but I think year I think year three I'm honestly thinking year three, give it another couple more years for drafts.
6: All right, Kurt, I do me a favor, Kirk, Kurt, 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 turn yeah. your radio off, bro, because I can't hear you. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. It's throwing me there off, so I can know it's throwing you off. All right. So <laughs> So keep going. I want to hear your point because you're making a good one.
5: Yeah, um, I think I think I think they're heading in the right direction. I think it's not going to happen overnight. Not going to happen year one, obviously. Um, I think it's going to be year three. Um, so, what do you the think the additions soccer. need to be?
6: Well, what do what, what do you think the additions need to be this off season? Um, honestly,
5: tighten up that left side of the offensive line. Okay, like that. Um. I like the Tyreek Stevenson kid. I like the rebuild of the secondary. Uh, other than that, I I don't know. Everybody's everybody's on Justin Fields. Everybody's on Justin Fields. Um, they're like rushing them off, brushing them off, kick them out. I, I like I personally like Justin Fields. Uh, I think I say stay with him. I don't know if I don't know if it's coaching. I don't know if we need new coaching staff. Maybe, maybe Justin Fields. I, I don't know. I played football. I played football, and sometimes I didn't like the plays calling in. I played quarterback um, seventh and eighth grade, and I switched up the plays and got in a little bit of trouble with that. Maybe, maybe he might need to do that one or two times. I don't know.
6: Yeah, do I mean, I mean, it's, I mean, listen. I, I think, I think you have to come to a conclusion on Justin Fields, right? We can no longer continue to you know, say, well, if the coaching was, then he'd be, right? Because right. you can't, you, then go get a new coach, right? Like, that that has to be the case. Like, it, it can't, we can't keep giving excuses. We need to just, at some point, come to a definitive conclusion on what our take is on Justin Fields. I'm um, For me, I, I came to that conclusion last season. Justin Fields is good. He's a middle-of-the-road quarterback. But he's never going to be a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. That's just my take. I don't care if the coaching is changed, if the offensive coordinator is changed, he's really good, but he ain't going to be a top 10 quarterback. He is Josh Dobbs from the Minnesota Vikings. He's going to win you some games, but he's going to lose you some games and he's not going to be able to do it consistently enough to get you deep in the playoffs year in and year out. And that, that's what I want for my Chicago bears. I want them to have a quarterback that is a top 10 quarterback and, and, you know, one of the ways to get that is via the draft. And I, I talked about this earlier where, you know, you just can't go two drafts in a row where you have the number one pick, uncertainty at the quarterback position, and you don't address it. You know what I mean? After having two number one picks. It just, that seems illogical. That's just not not the right thing to do in that moment. But the Bears, Bears have to learn. Thanks for the call, Kurt. I appreciate it, man, and I appreciate you, you calling in. And uh, the phone lines are open for you to call in. 312-644-6767. It's a Plumbers 911 football Monday. Guests galore to 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 fill your, your Bears cup today because there's so much to talk about. All right, let's go back onto the phone lines for one more. Right, we got Pat out in Cedar Lake. Pat, what would you think of the game? What's up, Gabe? Um,
4: yeah, so my take was that with all the turnovers that they got, um, you need to win that game. Um, You know, golf throwing three picks and definitely looked like the old golf. Some of those picks you threw were bad, bad balls, and they had all the momentum. And I don't know how many points off turnovers they had. I know it wasn't a great number. I know they had a couple field goals off a couple of picks. Um, You need to kind of cash those in for for six. Um, And then the other thing was that, you know they had the 12, like, you just you can't. There's there's no explaining a 12 point lead with three little or three minutes to go. Like you're playing the they they're playing to not lose the game. When you play to not lose the game, more times than not you're you're gonna lose the game. You know like that. You know Olin talked about it in the post game. Um, that their second to last drive I think it was when they got the ball back and it was run run pass. It was first down second down. Right up the gut um, for nothing, and then you're a third and long. Like that's that's exactly what the Lions want you to do in, the, in that spot. Like they were getting the momentum back, um, and they I, I feel like at the end of the game, you know they they got they got scared, they got nervous, they got happy feet, and they were they were just like, well, we're gonna we're not gonna lose this game, we're not gonna lose this game, and you know let's bleed the clock. And against a good team like the Lions on the road, like that you're you're not gonna you, that's not going to get it done, especially especially when you're the Bears and you have been the Bears for as long as you've been. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm just saying just. No, saying no, that's that. the like, realest answer, though. Pat, like, that's but, the realest
6: answer. Like, you're the Bears. Like, you need to be aggressive. You're up 12. It's, You know what I'm saying? Like, go get – or you're up whatever, nine. Go get the first down. Like, go be aggressive. But, I, you know, I, I think the reality is, Pat, the Bears just haven't been in that situation enough times right they don't know how to win up 12 in the fourth quarter with 4 minutes left they think the answer is to you know run the ball twice so that you can eat up their timeouts because that's what you know the football book would have told you you know some years ago the problem is the defense is good but they're not great and you, you can't because ba- like you just said pat they're still the bears And it's still the Bears' defense that we've seen over the last couple of years. It's gotten better, but it's still there. So, you you, you know, I know the assumption was that my defense is not – nobody would have thought the Detroit Lions were going to come down in one minute and six seconds and score a touchdown. Not after the day they had. So that was the surprising part. And then to do it again in two minutes and change, I mean, again, it was – no one saw it coming. Uh, But that's why – This is the NFL, and you got to play all four quarters all the way to the very end. Because if not, you end up in that type of situation. All right, let's take some more phone calls. 312-644-6767. What did you think about the game? Bears lose to the Detroit Lions 31-26. The game was in hand. A 98.8% probability that the Bears are going to win with two minutes and 59 seconds left. And somehow, like Pat from Cedar Lake said, The Bears are still going Bears, and that's why they ended up losing. Where is your anger? Where is your fandom? I want to hear from you. Again, 312-644-6767. It's Gabe Ramirez on a Plumbers 911 Football Monday right
0: here on 670 The Score. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?